We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 11 Rankings Breakdown Position by Position plus a little touch-up on the waiver wire from Monday show. A bit has changed. We have some more injury news as of right now. So the rankings are all in the description of this video and podcast, as are the rankings for the pickup and the waiver wire. Uh, they'll be updated throughout Tuesday evening if you're looking to go find those. You can always find everything up on DKPlaybook.com. So Easy does it. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, also quite easy to do, smash the like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and tell me where you would rank Brian Heal this week in the running back rankings. Full point PPR. I want to hear a number next to that guy's name, Brian Hill. He's the name. All right. That easy. The other way to do so, you can subscribe, as you probably already should, download, rate, and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, five-star review, DraftKings handle, and something nice about the show. Boom. You'll be in the draw for 20 DK bucks. Also, if you follow me on Instagram at the PME and heart one of the sports photos that comes up, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and you'll be in the draw for 20 DK bucks. If you also hit the description of the video or podcast, once we are done, you will find the link to the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open. $15 to play. Three max entry, no rake, which makes it the best tournament on DraftKings. $45,000 of guaranteed money. Sometimes you'll see graphics in the show. Sometimes you'll see the cameras switch back and forth. Paul Shaughnessy does that. If he had played the lineup he played against me in my contest, my home contest with 10 people in the Pat Mayo Experience Open, he would have won like 3000 bucks. So, bummer to be Paul that week, although he still ended up winning a bunch here. From TheAthletic.com, joining me as he does every single Tuesday, it is Jake Seeley, this time, though, live, Jake. Are you ready? <laughs> I am ready. And I'm also, as you see, I'm ready for Disney Plus with my DuckTales Duck... Remember Duck Hunt? That's what this is, is the crossover. I'm, I'm super pumped. I know you're not. 
it, it, it does nothing for me. Like you said, there's nothing R-rated that comes out on, as I like to say, if I was in Quebec, I'd be Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus. I also just, look, I recently, I don't know if it makes it to the shot. Oh, no, it doesn't. Hold on. I'm getting, I got Negaduck from Darkwing Duck as well. This is my latest Funko edition. So now I have Negaduck. I, I'm ready for this. The Disney Plus is take my money. So basically, Disney Plus is the best thing that's ever happened to you. Uh, see as how I'm still single, yeah. All right, there we go. Isn't there like a new Star Wars series that's coming out on it? Yeah, The Mandalorian. That, although they don't do like the Netflix, you can't binge watch the entire thing. It's only one episode. I think the second one comes out Friday. All right. That's not actually a terrible idea. I'm shocked Netflix doesn't do that more. I always have one or two series that run like week to week because there are some people that don't. They want to... At least you can create like a buzz around it just a little yeah. bit. Like most shows, I would just prefer to binge. Obviously, that's how a lot of them are made now, that it has the binge factor to them. But if you just had like one or two that came out even twice a week, it would allow people to actually talk about it in real time. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think they tried that with one, but it was a weekly release one. I'm with you. It's more like maybe a Monday, Friday, or even a heck, even if it was three times a week, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, get the buzz going the entire week. Okay. Uh, well, I think- Jake, it's not Big Brother, all right? <laughs> Is that is that when Big Brother is on? I think I think Big Brother's on three times a week. Yeah, that's why I can't. It's on multiple times a week. Why I don't watch it? Why I had to stop? Get, I, why, I mean, I still watch like the first two episodes of The Bachelor because I still really enjoy like the people coming into the house. But that's it. Like I can't handle four hours of The Bachelor a week. It's too much. <laughs> hey, speaking of this whole being single, can't you? Don't you have connection? Can't you get me on The Bachelor or something? I can try. Do you want me to get you on The Bachelor? I do know people who work on the show, so I can try to do it. I don't know that I would pull in a lot of uh, interest into that show. <laughs> well, you, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could be the next Bachelor. You could get knocked out in the first go around, maybe last a few. And then, I mean, you're kind of perfect. To oh, no, be I want to be the other way. I want what? the other one where, where like, it's the, all the women vying for me. Yeah, you would. Uh, yeah, but that you have to go on the other one first. Then they have to pick you to be the next person who's like the solo with all the uh, women okay. coming at you. See, I'm saying I wouldn't be entertaining because I don't sleep around. I don't like get into that you know first date type of thing and like full like they'd be. It would be the most boring episode. People would tune out ten minutes into it. No, see, you say that, but that's what they're looking for. They they tried the season with Juan Pablo, which I still contest is the best season in Bachelor history because it was off the rails. The guy who just wanted to sleep with everyone. Usually they just pick some guy who doesn't want to sleep around and is really in it for the right reasons oh that's me there you go there you go all right uh let's briefly talk about the waiver wire <laughs> i initially had jd mckissick as my number one guy because i didn't know the extent of the devonta freeman injury because if devonta freeman had been healthy before his mri then all of a sudden brian hill would be kind of useless but it does appear like devonta freeman's gonna miss at least this week maybe even a few more in the future so i moved brian hill up to number one i do think mckissick is someone you can get for like super cheap and could take the majority of the snaps for the lions this week and in full point ppr he's probably gonna catch like four or five passes and that's the appeal there uh, i still i think paul perkins gets into the mix and i i actually thought that this would have been a perfect situation for mike davis to land until he landed with the panther i don't know maybe the lions didn't reach out to him that's my only assumption because i can't imagine mike davis was like oh yeah let me go back up christian mccaffrey and reggie bonifon that that like he's amazing but he's got no role that he could have probably stepped into a lead role with the lions all that being said i'm with you on mckissick because mckissick was in the theoretic role but even a little bit more, and now even more so because of no Ty Johnson. Paul Perkins is Paul Perkins. Like, oh, is all his elusiveness? Yeah, that's worked out so well for him in the NFL. I think he gets involved, but to your point, I think McKissick's going to be the one. Brian Hill really comes down to, if I'm talking the rest of the season, I'd actually still put McKissick ahead of him because I think Brian Hill's only the answer until Freeman's back. So if it's only two weeks, 
you're only getting two weeks of Brian Hill. And I likened him into my waiver article. People don't realize that Kadri Olsen, who hasn't been healthy or not healthy, hasn't played yet this season, is very similar. They're almost identical running backs, big, faster than you think, between the tackles, straight line runners, actually somewhat in the mold of Tevin Coleman. I don't think they're going to be used that much in the passing game. I think you can see Barner step up a little bit, but I bring that up because I think people need to chill out on Brian Hill a little bit. I don't think he's going to be used in the passing game nearly as much as Devontae Freeman was. Uh, Do you think that McKissick benefits from Stafford sitting again or having Stafford in? I don't. Th- I don't think his value really changes much either way. I so you know that was the question that somebody asked me in the rankings about Jeff Driscoll starting. You got to move McKissick up. It doesn't always work like that. You know, the, people fall into these traps of oh they like their tight ends, oh they like the backfield, oh they like the checkdowns. Now Jeff Dr- Driscoll's style does fit McKissick a little bit more, but Stafford was still using McKissick plenty. And then if it was only McKissick. And Paul Perkins right now with Stafford still at quarterback. I think McKissick would be the same. I, I wouldn't change his value. I would actually think his touchdown opportunity goes up a little bit. I would actually kind of say that his value is probably more so with Matt Stafford solely because uh, if we have Driscoll in the in under center, he's more apt to take off and run himself rather than just check down. That would be the only reason I give him a slight uptick for Stafford. That's fair. I can see that too, but I, I'm looking more at the touchdown potential. I think this offense is significantly better with Stafford under center. Yeah, I just don't know what the touchdown potential really is for any of the Lions running back, so I just kind of try to bank on how many catches are you going to get, and maybe you can do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, the other guys I had on there, like, Geis is going to be back this week, we think at least. We don't know what his role is. Peterson and Thompson, like, for this week, I would like McKissick better than all of those guys because I have no idea what's up with them. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. And the show that I do, do down here is the Washington Huddle. We spoke last week during the bye, and they were asking me about Darius Geis. And remember, Darius Geis, very much like Leonard Fournette, I thought coming out of college, better than Leonard Fournette. Now, whether or not he's 100% and still that same running back is a huge question. We're now two years, two injuries. Going down is a very similar path of Leonard Fournette. We're injured in both his first two seasons, injured, injured in college. Very similar to the fact that better pass catchers than you realize. I present all that to say... Why are the Redskins going to hammer the ball to Darius Geis when they're already looking to next season? You have Haskins, McLaurin, Geis set up for next season going forward. Adrian Peterson is not going to be inactive like he was in week one. Darius Geis is not going to touch the ball if they're smart 20-plus times a game. One time the rest of the season, you shouldn't do that because you're looking forward. You want to get him out there? You want to get him involved? Absolutely. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's still not the backup to Adrian Peterson the rest of the way. How do you think we get any games with Adrian Peterson over 20 touches now, though, if they're both? No, no, I don't see how mostly I wouldn't even say that if Chris Thompson's healthy, if Chris Thompson is healthy, do you think they'll use Geis as a pass catcher at all where they haven't been with Adrian Peterson? They've been using Smallwood in that role. I would have I would say yes, if Kevin O'Connell's in control, but I don't know how much he is because we've seen so far that Bill Callahan, while this, you know, O'Connell supposedly got the promotion. Uh, Callahan's still controlling. He wants to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and that's what they're doing. So I don't know. I, it's going to come down to that's kind of like an infighting thing. And I say infighting because I was just talking to somebody over the weekend about the Notre Dame coaching staff. And this situations like this is Callahan looking out for himself next year and wants to get the promotion or potentially a job, not the pro she already has. Does he want to actually be the full time coach? And if so, He's going to keep control because why let the other guy look good and potentially take the job you want? If he doesn't care, you know, maybe O'Connell gets his chance. So if Connell is in more control, I would say yes. But if not, I think we might just see a lot of Adrian Peterson and then the split going off the Chris Thompson in the passing game and guys kind of caught in the middle. 
Let's take a quick break because I need to tell you, in case you didn't know, the Showtime sports documentary film Pariah, The Lives and Deaths of Sonny Liston, chronicles the tragic life and suspicious death of perhaps the most vilified and misunderstood boxer of all time, Sonny Liston. Tune in Friday, November 15th at 9 p.m. on Showtime. Back to the show. If you are watching this on demand or you're listening to the audio version of this show, then clearly you're not watching it live. For if for reference, if you do want to watch it live, 2.15 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday. I say this because the trade deadline is coming up. So, Jake, I didn't tell you this beforehand, but I do want to rope you in for next week. We'll do the rankings, and then maybe we'll do like 20 minutes of people's trade questions in the live chat if they want to do that. What do you think? Yeah, it's eighty percent of my comments in my rankings article are trade questions anyway, so I'm used to it. All right, see, I'm not. I usually just kind of pat like, eh, I don't really care. I don't actually make as much. I used to be so much more into my season long fantasy league, like constantly proposing trades. Uh, DraftKings has really ruined that because now I just spend my time trying to win and construct teams on DraftKings or just bet on football. <laughs> I'm not quite that way. I'm, I'm still the very much invested in trying to make trades. The problem is there's so many leagues that now it's like three leagues that get the attention of my trades and the rest kind of don't. <laughs> yeah, you need to hop on the Pat Mayo train down to four season long leagues. And that's up from three last year. You actually do kind of pay attention to it a little bit more. Like that, that year that I talked about, I played like 49 leagues. Like I had to get an intern to do my waivers for me. It was horrible. <laughs> So I would love to have that, but I forgot about waivers at least twice already. I have 14, so I have 10 more than you do. And I think two of them I'm kind of like already checking out of. Not intentionally. I'm still keeping my team active because I hate to be that owner. But checking out on the fact that I keep forgetting waivers or I forget the chat. I actually had one where I lost to Joe Pizzabia. I lost to Joe Pizzabia because I had Latavius Murray in the lineup on Sunday morning because I was too busy updating rankings. Yeah, there's nothing worse than doing a waiver wire show, writing a waiver wire column, and then forgetting to set your own waiver. It's kind of ridiculous. Because I do it I've too. done it. I've done it. I've done it. All right, let's talk running back rankings for a week number 11. Guys that I have in the rankings currently, Darius Geis, James Conner, and Chris Thompson. Uh, the rankings, again, will update day to day today, so you don't need to lock in your rankings right now, I swear to God. Likely out, Chase Edmonds, Benny Snell, Devon to Freeman, Gio Bernard, Ty Johnson, Jordan Wilkins, Green Bay, the Giants, Seattle, and Tennessee all on bye weeks. Number one, guess who? Christian McCaffrey. He's pretty good. Played 100, played 100% of the snaps last week and everything. Delvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs against Cincinnati at home at number four. Fournette, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon reeks, but is great in fantasy. It's unbelievable. Elvin Kamara <laughs> against Tampa Bay. Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, and Damian Williams at number 10. I still don't know. Do you think that Shady will be inactive again this week? Uh, I don't think so. And if he's not, I don't feel great about this ranking just because I honestly... I don't think anybody knows what Andy Reid is doing. I'm not sure Andy Reid knows what he's doing from week to week. Damian Williams looks great right now, but he's looked great before. And LaShawn McCoy has looked great before. Well, guess what? A lot of times you put a running back in that offense, they're going to look great. Daryl Williams is even flashed at times. So I got to say, if LaShawn McCoy is healthy, or not healthy, active, uh, I'm, there's no way I'm considering Damian Williams an RB1. I just can't. All right, so especially because they play in the Monday night game in Mexico this week, you're not going to know if McCoy is active probably until Monday unless they actually formally come out and say it. So you're saying I should drop Damian Williams in the rankings? I think that if you're – so obviously if we find out Friday and they're like, oh, Sean McCoy is inactive again, we've already got updated news, 
then you can keep them in that RB1 conversation. But yeah, as of today, without knowing, and if we don't know on Friday, I can't put them this high. It, it, the Chargers defense has been playing better than people realize. Not, they're not a scary one, but they're enough the fact that, you know, if you gave me a coin flip of knowing, hey, he might have to be involved with other people or Nick Chubb, I'm taking Nick Chubb. It's just one of these circumstances. I guess if we did know that McCoy wasn't going to play, you can basically pencil in Damian Williams to 70-plus percent of the snaps. Every time that he's played over 70% of the snaps, as a member of the Chiefs, he's averaging like 19 fantasy points per game. He's been amazing. Right, so, right. and that's that's the appeal here. I'm sure LaShawn McCoy, if he was getting 70-plus percent of the snaps, so you go back and look at this year, I don't know if anybody's got those numbers somewhere, but I would bet that he's in the top 15 at least just on those games. And But it's not been frequent, and it's not been all the time. But you're right if we just happen to know, and that's why I say if we happen to hear some news by Friday, maybe we find out, maybe we don't. But I'm leaning towards no, and I just I, I can't I can't wait for Monday night without a back. Because here's the worst case scenario: if you have Damian Williams, what's your backup plan in that game? There's like Austin Eckler's own, Melvin Gordon's own. You're not going to wait. You're going to pivot to LeSean McCoy because no, you're left with the same situation of having Damian Williams, and that's why I don't want to wait. All right, that's a really good call. So I'll go through 11 to 20, and we'll see where we can slot in Damian Williams amongst these guys. So Tevin Coleman, Nick Chubb, Fantasy Pros has generously ranked Satan, Mark Ingram at number 13. Mixon, Mac, Eckler, Brian Hill, I have at number 17. Again, that's a giveaway. Smash the like button, leave your DraftKings handle. Tell me where you would rank Brian Hill at running back in these PPR rankings. Singletary, Montgomery, Todd Gurley. Where would you put Williams in that mix? After Brian Hill? No, I would put him ahead of Brian Hill. So between Eckler and Hill? I'd still get, I would actually put him... Oof. I wanted to say Joe Mixon, but oh, that team just... I, I They ran the ball 30 times last week. I got to tell you, it's between Mixon and Damian Williams. It's a coin flip for me between those two. I'll, I'll let you make the call. That's where I'll stop. All right, I'll slot him behind Joe Mixon solely based on the fact that I don't think that Gio Bernard is going to play with a knee sprain this week. And if that's the case, then you're going to see Mixon on the field for like 90% of the snaps. They just showed that even if they're down by 55 points, they're still just going to run because that's <laughs> all they can run. do. Uh, and he was actually using the passing game too where G- he and Gio have been sort of splitting the target shares throughout the course of the season. Well, you it- have to when, when your quarterback can't throw more than 15 yards downfield. Uh, that's not true. That is not true at all. Fit Finley, former WCW television champion, can definitely throw that more than 15 yards. He just throws it 50 feet over everyone's head. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, I think that's a, a great call, though, is the Giovanni Bernard. Just like, let that make the decision for you. Yeah. So if Gio sits, I mean, I like mixing a lot this week, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I, I think that anybody with that kind of workload, you have to like, even if it was, I mean, honestly, if I told you going into a game against the Eagles, Joe Mixon was going to carry the ball 30 times. He'd probably still be at least in your top 20. Yeah. He would kind of, just through volume alone. He would almost have to be plus, you no, know, no, that th- if, if they somehow get near the goal line, he's at least going to get a carry. Yeah. I was going to say the, the downside is the Kalen Bellage, but Kalen Bellage only had 20 carries. So <laughs> I say only. <laughs> Well, that's the downside. I mean, that's the downside of getting 20 carries and being miserable, but he's also a miserable running back. He still had like eight points, which is shocking. It's I, I Ray, Ray Summerlin, friend of the show. Was, yeah, he tweeted out. He's like, oh, I guess Bellage is done. And I was like, why were people still thinking he was a thing? Like, stop. I don't think that anyone thought that he was a thing going into last week, but everyone was pretty convinced. Like, he's probably going to get like 25 touches in this game. And he did. And, and with six teams on by, I can see why people played him. I had to play I him was, in the league. 
I was forced to play him as a flex running back, but that was only because my backup options were people like Giovanni Bernard. Like, hey, so I was, gonna, you know, you know hey. what? He was better than David Montgomery. Oh, that's true. That's also because Matt Nagy went right back to being Matt Nagy. So what do we do with Montgomery this week? I have one spot behind Singletary at number 19 in the rankings. That's actually one spot ahead of Todd Gurley, who I can't figure out for the life of me what's going on with him. It is a decent matchup against Chicago, but I don't know, man. There's there's something going on with that O-line, that offense in general. Maybe this is a get-right week for the Rams. But Ooh, I, no. I, I just don't trust Todd Gurley at all. Neither do I. Well, here's the biggest problem about it is on the flip side of it, it's in the same game. You don't run between the tackles against the Rams. It's the hardest place to do so. If I actually kind of feel like this might be another Tariq Cohen game. I don't feel great about Dave Montgomery, but between the two, it's not a get-right game because so Todd Gurley last week was over 70% of the snaps. I mean, Malcolm Brown being back, it wasn't even like, oh, he's going to kill Daryl Henderson's value. Daryl Henderson had what like eight and Malcolm Brown only had like 12 snaps they were barely involved both of them so it's the fact that Todd Gurley is playing behind like you said that offensive line which just lost two more pieces like this this team is falling apart and it comes down to also Jared Goff is tampering the offense because he's a terrible quarterback and now it's as you said I, what do we do with Todd Gurley I think that if you told me between the two of them I know you have Montgomery one spot in front of him, and I just told you all the reasons why Todd Gurley was probably going to be miserable in this game again. But because 70% versus who the hell knows what Nagy's going to do, I would go with Todd Gurley, but I don't feel great about either one of them. Okay, so if we go into the next range of guys, maybe there's some of these names that we can elevate above those two, and maybe even Devin Singletary for that matter, because maybe Frank Orr will steal touchdowns. Or, like we keep saying, Josh Allen will just steal his upside at the goal line. But Lindsey, <laughs> McKissick, Howard, Hyde, Drake... White, Ronald Jones, Kareem Hunt on Thursday night. If they're going to use him as a slot receiver, hey, just chuck him in there. Duke Johnson and Kalen Balage against Buffalo, who actually kind of sucks against the run. It's a shitty run defense versus a shitty running back. We'll see who wins that <laughs> battle. But I don't know, it's a really tough week. Like I could see playing McKissick over Todd Gurley. I just don't know if I have the guts to do it because at least I know if they get on like the one yard line, they'll probably at least give Gurley a try. I can't say the same thing about McKissick. Jordan Howard, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so there's actually two here that I don't – I hate to say it, but I would start Jordan Howard and Carlos Hyde over him at this point. Mostly because Jordan Howard in this game, I mean, what do you do against New England? They sh You run against New England this year, and you have success doing so. That's how you beat them, and anybody who's tried to has found success, great success running the ball against them in this game. So I, 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 I can't believe I'm saying Jordan Howard and Carlos Hyde doesn't have a bad matchup either. I think both of them have been productive enough that trust-wise, now their ceiling is not Todd Gurley's ceiling. Let's be realistic. That the Todd Gurley still has one of the highest ceilings in all of football, but it's just what we've seen so far this year. I can't I would probably start both of those guys. God, I can't believe I'm saying it. The one thing about Hyde is in games where the Texans have either been trailing or not favored, he doesn't really do much. It ends up becoming a Duke Johnson Duke type Johnson. of game uh, with him on the field a lot, them using him as a check down guy out of the backfield. And they're four-point underdogs against the Ravens this week. So that would be the only thing that concerns me, that you might be looking at 11 carries for 35 yards, then you're just praying he finds himself into the end zone once. Yeah, you could spin that a, a couple different ways, though, too, because you could say you think that they're going to be in this game, which I do, but also... With with Will Fuller's back, is that's he actually back? hurt. Well, I said if. I said if he's back, that's actually hurt Duke Johnson. Like, Duke Johnson just might not be involved if Will Fuller's back just because of what the Texans keep doing. 
All right, well, you sold me on Jordan Howard, so I've bumped him up into spot number one spot behind Devin Singletary. Should I have him over Devin Singletary, or am I just kind of like freaking out a little bit? He did play 66% of the snaps for the Bills yeah. last week. He just didn't do anything. No, it's what I what we said on the show. I was about to say what I told you. Uh, whatever, I'll just say it. It's what I told you last week. It's he's he's running into the Matt Forte. This was the biggest concern. He was going to be Matt Forte. He's doing so much work, getting plenty of snaps and opportunities, all between the twenties and the tens. And then guess what? Frank Gore gets the short yards, and Frank Gore gets the goal line. And sorry, Devin Singletary, but you're gonna have to do most of your work and hopefully score on your own before you get close to the goal line. Or worst case scenario, as you mentioned, you still have to worry about Josh Allen doing it anyway. So. I think that's a fair spot because he's faced the Dolphins. I'd still, I would go Singletary over Howard. But if you wanted to go the other direction, if you, this is non, which I know it's PPR, I'm just bringing this up. If it's non PPR, I'd play Howard over Singletary immediately. Okay. Uh, Kenyon Drake over David Johnson until David oh, Johnson yes. shows he's 100%, which he isn't. He looked so slow last week. Like, no. It was amazing he was on the field. Like we were watching it being like, are they showing this play in slow motion? Like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, he looked monstrous, for one thing. He looked a lot bigger than I recall David Johnson actually looking. Maybe he's put on some weight here because uh, he hasn't been able to run as much. But he just looks horribly. He looks like he's running in molasses. No, so I said this on the throwback, the podcast that we do on The Athletic. You cannot start David Johnson the rest of the season. And I mean the rest of the season because what you have to wait for now is a good game. Look at that schedule. Tell me where the good game's coming. I can't find one. And then even if the good one comes, because the schedule is so bad, you're going to be tentative about doing it the next week. And that's the worst part about it is that to go back just the first point. You can't start him until you see a good game. And I don't see a good game coming because Kenyon Drake's in the lead. Cliff Kingsbury comes out after the game and saying what you just said. David Johnson's dealing with back injuries and lower body injuries and leg injuries. He's not 100%. Hey, look, he's going to be back with the team next year. There's so much dead cap money with him that he's going to be back. Why even bother with it at this point? If I'm the Arizona Cardinals, first of all, I shut him down. But if Chase Edmonds is back next week, which was the original speculation, you can't start him in the full committee anyway. So if you can get, if your trade deadline hasn't passed and you can get anything for David Johnson, I would ship him immediately. Kareem Hunt came back onto the scene, and they played a lot of two running back sets with him and Nick Chubb. Now, they weren't your traditional two running back sets. It was a lot of Kareem Hunt lined up at slot receiver because Antonio Callaway, unbeknownst to all of us, had been benched for disciplinary reasons, and I have no idea if that's going to happen again on Thursday night. But, hey, it's Antonio Callaway. That would make more than enough sense that he's done something in the interim in the past three days that, hey, you're not playing again, pal. Take a be- Take a hike. So... Kareem Hunt, like, can we pencil him in for like four or five, six catches a week? Or is that just a one week aberration, do you think? No, I think we can see him getting involved. Obviously, if Antonio Calway is active, you maybe hesitate a little bit. Rashad Higgins is not that big of a threat to one catch for the touchdown. So I think you look at Kareem Hunt, and that's the value going forward. But I'll compare it to the guy you hate who used to play for a different team. I think we're looking at the Saints, but versus kind of like this, this is a role reversal situation here where instead of Kamara being the lead option, and that being Kareem Hunt, it's now he's the backup with Mark Ingram being the Nick Chubb. And the thing is about Nick Chubb is I don't understand what all the complaints are. I got an email from somebody I, I work with at the Wavy Station when I do the Washington Huddle. Like, I don't know what to do with Nick Chubb. He still ran for 100 yards. I, I understand he's not used in the passing game from that one game. He had, he's prob- he had seven touches from inside the four-yard line. He just couldn't score a touchdown. That's on him. Like, he's still, oh, that's, uh, you're, that's you're right. He's absolutely fine. Yeah, and the good news is, is Kareem Hunt's now in the flex RB3 conversation. I do think he's going to be involved a decent amount every single week. I don't think he's quite James White, but 
I wouldn't put him far behind James White because in a different area is you can give him a few carries up in the middle too because he can handle that because he's that good. So I think now you're looking at Kareem Hunt having value without being too much of a date. Like Nick Chubb's still top 10, but now he's at the backside of the top 10 and Kareem Hunt's startable. Yeah, I still have James White a few ticks above him just for this matchup against the right. Eagles this week. I think that's a really nice matchup for James White. And it's full point PPR. So. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Hunt could play himself into that mix too. And maybe he sneaks. A, I mean, they weren't afraid to give Dontrell Hilliard the ball on like short yardage fourth downs <laughs> for whatever reason. Well, yeah, that's because it, Freddie Kitchens is just <laughs> over his head. Yeah. So the rest of the guys down here, uh, I have Ronald Jones still inside the top 30. I don't love Ronald Jones. And it's a good thing he scored that touchdown because all of a sudden he was back in a committee again. Yeah, he was back in a committee. He fumbled his yards per carry and performance in that aspect were not as good as Peyton Barber, which is crazy to say. But it was the passing game. That, that was the shocking thing is to catch every single one of his targets and do as much as he did. The biggest knock on him for his entire career has been that he lacks in the passing game, especially pass blocking. But this is more about the receiving. It was nice to see. But everybody was involved. The goon was involved. Everybody, I would have him the highest, but also you're talking about the Saints run defense, which is still one of the better units out there. So unless he's going to do it in the past game again, which I'm still hesitant to buy into because you've brought it up before in the show, is that Agumba Wally is primarily the third down running back. It's tough to like him more than where you have him this week. So in the 30s range, you got some names here like Miles Sanders, no floor to speak of, but decent upside as a passing threat against the Patriots. Frank Gore in a revenge situation against Miami could sneak a touchdown. You mentioned Cohen, Royce Freeman's on the back end of that split, but it's not a great matchup on the ground against the Vikings anyway. You'd have to get involved more so through the air against him, and I think that would lean towards Philip Lindsay a little bit. Sonny Michel, always you know a decent chance that he could score two touchdowns, but he could also do absolutely nothing. I have Peterson the highest this week of any of the skins running backs, but the Jets run defense is the only thing that is good on that team. So we just saw them shut down Barkley. Maybe Peterson gets something going, but now that he could be in a two-way split, three-way split even, that it's not great news here at all for any of the skins no, running backs. <laughs> no, and it comes down to Dwayne Haskins. You know, The ideal scenario was not to start him until next year. Now he's starting the rest of the season. A one-year, essentially, a one-year starter in college. He's not ready, and it's understandable. Look, it wasn't supposed to be ready. He was supposed to be able to sit like Patrick Mahomes did and then until the end of his first season. So now that he's under center, we've seen the struggles already. The offensive line, still terrible. It's just a terrible situation all around. Their best receiver, Terry McLaurin, is a rookie who shouldn't be. like As much as I love Terry McLaurin, everybody knows that. Like He still shouldn't be, have been their number one receiver. Like That's how devoid of talent this roster is. So... I'm with you. I don't think I, I would not want to start anyone from that team going forward, if possible. Wide receiver rankings for week 11. I currently have Nikhil Harry in. We'll get an update on whether or not he's actually playing this week. I would think so coming off the bye, but we'll see. D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee, Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd, and Elshon Jeffrey. I all have tentatively in is likely playing. T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Adam Thielen, Pally, Gamble. Deshaun Jackson, Ryan Switzer, hardly newer, Emmanuel Sanders, and Duke Williams I have as likely out. Brandon Cooks has already been ruled out by Sean McVay with his concussion. And again, you have the four teams on by, which leads to Michael Thomas being number one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It doesn't seem like he could have, the Saints could have the worst game in the world. Michael Thomas still be great. So he's number one, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Cooper, Tyreek, Evans, Edelman, Godwin, Allen, Cooper Cup coming off a fun zero 
last week. Then it gets kind of fun. Chark, McLaurin, Sutton, Diggs, Tyrell Williams, John Brown, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, Michael Gallup, Kenny Galladay, who did enough for me with Driscoll at quarterback that we don't know who's playing quarterback as of yet. I'm guessing it's still going to be Driscoll. You don't have just broken bones in your back and be like, ah, I, I laid down on the weekend, put some ice on. It's fine now. So broken back. It's a bit of a problem. I'm not going to lie to you, but Galladay seemed to be the one guy who it's not that he was unaffected by having Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, but at least they took shots with Galladay and that's usually good enough. You give him three jump balls, he'll have one and maybe he comes down for a touchdown. I'll take that chance. Yeah. So that's really what you're looking at. It's kind of one of those talent situations where they can overcome, especially if the volume is going to be there. Even if the targets aren't as quality as they were before that it's offset by the quality of the wide receiver. So yeah, I'm fine with that ranking. Uh, is there anyone inside that top 20 that you have a substantial problem with? Like, does Nick Foles being back hurt DJ Chark? Does it enhance D.D. Westbrook now that he's expected to play? Or is just Chark so good? Just keep playing Chark. I would say keep starting. Well, yeah, definitely keep starting Chark. I, you know, I love some Chark. But I, I feel like D.D. Westbrook should be a little bit higher because we saw the report before. And initially, like, if we were, you know, knew that Pierre Desir was back in this game, which it doesn't sound like, I don't is he shut down for the season? Because he's still, anyway not playing for the Colts that helps because the rest of their corners are miserable. So the only one that you had to concern about here was if Chark was going to get that number one coverage and the concern there and the rapport with DD was with Foles so far. So I'm fine with Chark being there, but I'm even better about DD Westbrook. I think both of them now are in the top 25 conversation going forward. Obviously there's the downside that Foles doesn't look hundred percent. Foles has some rust to shake off. You know, maybe Foles still only likes DD Westbrook and now all of a sudden DJ Chark has gone down to a wide receiver three. But I think if you're assuming talent and what we've seen so far to date, I, I would feel comfortable with both of them inside the top 25. All right. I, well, I mean, I think I have DD at what number 28. So yeah, we're not that far off. I do have him as a start this week. McLaurin and Cortland Sutton, even with their quarterback issues, you know, McLaurin has the glorious matchup of facing the Jets. That's always fantastic news. And then Sutton gets the Vikings who have been sneaky, terrible against the pass. <laughs> sneaky, terrible question mark. Is that what that, that was? No, it, it just, I mean, is it like, I mean, Dak is a good quarterback. They have good receivers. They uh, just annihilate them through the air on Sunday night. Still lose the game, but it just seems like you can take advantage of the Vikings through the air. You can't really run on them at all. No, you certainly can't. Well, you can at times, but if their focus isn't stopping it at all, they're very good at doing so, as they just showed, as they said, hey, guess what? Beat us through the air. We'll take away Zeke. And that's what almost happened. I mean, you can't really even blame that much on the Cowboys. It's just their defense gave up 28 points. They gave up more points than they scored. I got to tell you, though, to go back to the DD thing, I would feel better about him than Robert Woods in that game. And in that same game, Allen Robinson against Jalen Ramsey in that secondary. Like, I just... I would put him that high. I don't. I don't want either one of those guys. I don't trust either one of those guys in the in that game. Despite everything I said, is you know, I trust D.D. Westbrook with Nick Foles coming off injury more than those two. All right. So the entire twenty-one to thirty range is Tyler Boyd. Now it's questionable whether he plays or not. But if he plays against the Raiders, I do like that matchup, and I like Tyler Boyd. So he's twenty-one. Jamison Cratter, who just continues to be good with Sam Darnold, Allen Robinson, revenge Robert. game. And a revenge game. This is true. Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Jarvis Landry, Mohamed Sanu, Didi, Marquise Brown, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, who I tentatively have in. If Will Fuller sits, I would put Kenny Stills basically around that same spot. Yeah, and that spot is either way too low or way too high. Yeah. that's who Will Fuller is. So we just have to kind of middle it a little bit. What's your risk tolerance when it comes down to it? So you would play Didi over the Robinson Woods. Like, would you move Landry and Sanu up as well or just Didi? I would move just Didi. 
And I don't like Landry against the Steelers defense, which I do. I, I like Landry against the Steelers defense solely because I know that they're going to take their shots as every team does to just shut down Odell. He's going to get nothing. And Landry just keeps being the benefactor of all of this. I don't think I don't think anybody benefits this week. I still I, I'll continue to say it. This is a completely different defense since Fitzpatrick arrived, similar to what people saw with the Cleo Mack arrival after that trade. He's making that big of a difference because it let everybody else focus on what they can do best. He's kind of been in this tweener role, which has suited him extremely well. I don't think anybody passes. I, I don't think Landry gets anything. I don't think Odell Beckham gets anything. I think the Steelers defense deserves credit as being a top five defense at this point, and I don't like Landry this week. Oh, listen, I, I really it's funny how the Steelers are built and how they've been able to overcome the loss of Ben Roethlisberger. Le'Veon Bell, obviously not there anymore. Antonio Brown goes away. But the number one offensive line and pass protection in a top five defensive line at getting at the quarterback, that's going to keep you in a lot of games. And like you said, now with Micah Fitzpatrick on this defense, they no longer have to cover like the slot receivers of the world with a slow linebacker. So that helps. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I see what you're saying too, but if you look at last game as well, I referenced something to you. I told everybody to listen to the Angel Williams show when he was talking about in practice and affecting Odell Beckham. It seemed to change a little bit last week because Odell Beckham did get his targets. It just didn't succeed. And let's give some credit to Tredavious White for that. He's got his double digit targets. And he came down with about, I think half of them was at five out of 11, somewhere around there. He, but, he, he also drew three pass interference penalties as well, including two in the end. Right. Zone. Right. So I, I don't think that like that. To, I bring that up to say, like, I don't think that you're going to get as much focus if the Browns are smart where they turn away from Odell Beckham. I think he could still get his, but I don't really like anything in this game from Baker Mayfield and this offensive line in this defense. Is Muhammad Sanu a top 30 guy or was that like a one week blip that we saw <laughs> for him? Or is he now on the, like I ranked him inside the top 30 because they're playing Philly. Uh, I think that because Philly was on a bye yeah. week, we forget how bad their past defense is. Uh, I would hope most people haven't forgotten. And it got slightly better with the return of Mills and uh, the other one. I can't think of his name right now. Who's the other? Darby. So slightly better. Who, who, aren't, who aren't good, by the way. Right. I was going to say slightly better, but that's kind of like, hey, I got shiny crap here versus regular crap. It's slightly <laughs> better. So, you know, I still think they're exploitable. Sanu, I don't have a problem with where you have him, especially because they're facing the Eagles. But I think that we can see going forward, again, assumption here that with Philip Dorsett, he doesn't play the slot. Edelman and Sanu kind of mixed a little bit there. I think that if you're looking for people to come off the field, Sanu is such a good blocker. That's why he never really came off the field with this with the Falcons. But if you're going for the big outside play, I think Dorsett kind of could get matched in for matchups. So I would say Sanu is probably in the wide receiver three conversation. I'll play him over Dorsett. But I think his floor is worse than a lot of wide receiver threes and a full week where we don't have four teams in a bye and not a matchup like this. Maybe so. Okay, so the 31 to 40 range, you got Mike Williams, Calvin Ridley, Debo Samuel, Juju, and then Beckham, because those guys, that's where they deserve to be ranked. That might even be too high at this point. Sammy Watkins, same case for him. Curtis Samuel, Zach Pascal, Cole Beasley, James Washington at Cleveland. And then you have other names like Russell Gage, Marvin Jones, Dorsett, Auden Tate, Josh Reynolds, Demarius Thomas, and Kendrick Bourne, who now looks like with Emmanuel Sanders, likely to miss some time with this rib injury. Samuel taking over as the number one. Kendrick Bourne primarily being used out of the slot. They bumped Pettis to the bench. And then Pettis came back into the game to play the outside once Emmanuel Sanders went down in the Monday nighter. Still, it does seem like Bourne and Debo, at least for last week purposes, last week, last week or last <laughs> night purposes, that they're going to be the ones used in this game. And I, I do like the matchup against Arizona. 
Yeah, obviously we still have plenty of time to find out. But if yeah, if Sanders is out, it seems like it's born. But I'd rather just do Debo and nobody else. I, I know it's a great matchup, but we've done this rodeo before where one week it was Pettis, one week it was Goodwin, one week it was Born, one week it was Richie James. <laughs> the only one that's been consistent was Debo had two games before last week, which was a good game. So that was his third. And then this past Monday night, which was his breakout game, he's been the only one I can trust. Uh, it, again, the snap count, the usage looks like it's Born but I just don't know that I can trust anything here because I don't, here's the biggest question I have. And I don't think anybody can answer this. And maybe if somebody can credit to them and then I'll take their advice, but what is the construction of wide receivers? If Emmanuel Sanders is on the field, does it born still stay in that role or do they pull in I don't know, Richie James because they like his suit. So it's kind of like, is it really the answer of taking out Sanders and things stay as they did? I think if you insert Sanders back in, depending on if they want to get him away from Patrick Peterson or not here, uh, who just has been relatively ineffective and kind of banged up as well. But I do think that you would see three wide receiver sets include Debo, Bourne, and Sanders, and some mix between Sanders and Bourne, either on the outside in the slot. That's how I would assume it would go. But if, let's say, Kittle comes back, then maybe it's a different story because now you have Juszczyk back. There's a lot of different fronts you can provide <laughs> right now if you're the 49ers. You've got a lot of guys. And, yeah, you might have Breida sideline and then the must start, and then you have him back there. So okay, well, just... I, I do want to talk about this for a second because I kind of glossed over it in the running back session because the news had just kind of come out right after we had started the show. Matt Breda, now they're not sure if he's going to play or not against the Cardinals this week at home. If he does play, he's like the number one running back of the week, right? Because he's on the <laughs> – anytime that Breda is banged up and might not play but then secretly does play, he goes off. Who told you that? You did. That that is. I I will give you full credit for that. And I went back and it looked was, at it. You're absolutely right. And it was tongue in cheek to start. And it's been. It's held 100 percent true. It's so ridiculous that if he's you know if he practices all week, he doesn't miss a practice, and everything's fine. Bench him if he's banged up. And hell, if he misses every single practice and then he's active for the game, as you said, he is the number one running back. Um, if I take him out of the running back rankings, I already had Coleman at number 10. Would you move up Coleman or is that just enough for him? He's there. Just move Mostard up instead. I think it's, I think that's fair enough. I wouldn't move Coleman much more than that because Mostert and then use check might even be used in the passing game. So like, oh, that's just, I, I would like for him to be used in the passing game because I bet him over 10 and a half receiving yards last night. He had zero. <laughs> yeah, he had, oh, he had the catch. It just happened to be broken up. Oh, that's tough. I I don't think I'd ever put a bet on use check, man. You're you're bold. That's some cojones on you. Uh, listen, he had gotten over that number, I think, in like 95% of his starts as a 49er. It just didn't happen last night because he has to do it on so few chances. Like it's one right, target that's why. it's two target, but he just tends to be wide open and he kind of was, but it didn't work out. Yeah, that's a tough one. But to go back to the point that you were talking about for wide receivers, if Kittle is back, <clears throat> that's even more reason where I don't want to touch anybody but Demo Samuel, even if Sanders is sidelined. Now, if Kittle's out, then now you can get me a little bit tempted to go back to what you were saying with Kendrick Bourne. But that's if Kittle is out and Sanders is out. Would you play in the same game Colonel Mostart or <laughs> Sideshow Raheem, whichever one that you like, or David Johnson? I think I'd play Mostart if Brady's out. Wait, wait, what was the sideshow side Raheem? I didn't even hear who the other person you were asking about because I got caught up on that. Uh, or David Johnson. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I would go, I would go most, most start, most I start. Would, so I, I've taken Breda out of the rankings and I put Mostart as spot ahead of David Johnson. 
I would at this point, David, like, I, go back to everything we just talked about with David Johnson. I don't know how you trust him at this point. Uh, so few more receivers that we can get to, like if you're hurting this week. Uh, without Austin Hooper around, Russell Gage, I think, is even in a better position this week than he was last week. And he had five targets. Didn't do much in that game, but shockingly, Atlanta won, and they didn't have to throw a ton. Against the Panthers, they're still underdogs. They're now on the road. It could be a bit of a different story. And I don't think he's just going to absorb all of these Austin Hooper targets, but he's going to be the one primarily playing out of the slot in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. The starting tight end is probably going to be like Luke Stalker. So... I'd rather throw to Russell Gage. I'm with you. I think Russell Gage is very interesting, but this also now is starting to feel like, you know how we get one of those Julio games every single year with like 200 yards and three touchdowns. This is starting to feel like that. All the regression comes in one game. Well, Bradbury might miss this week again for the Panthers as well. Which is just oh, God, I'm up. plugging him in every DraftKings lineup I could find. It's tough. Like, if you had the choice, and like, would you go Julio or would you go Michael Thomas? Uh, for this situation, I would actually go Julio. He's cheaper, too. So there yeah, is that. Yeah, that's why. All right. Quarterback rankings for the week. Not a great week for quarterbacks, unless you got one of the good ones. So I have Brissett and Stafford is out as these rankings come on. They obviously come back in. And that affects everything that happens at the other position. So if you're ever using my <laughs> rankings and you want to see like Colts receivers, if you see that I have Brian Hoyer in, that's with Brian Hoyer throwing in the ball, they would probably go up a little bit if Jacoby Brissett was in the game. I know that's really logical and difficult to figure <laughs> out, but hey, this is what we have to do. It's the trickle effect. I got Lamar at number one, Mahomes, then Drew Brees, Watson, Prescott, Winston, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan. Feel good about those guys. Then I got Kyler, Kyle Allen, feel good about those guys. Then it's a shit show. Just Rivers, Driscoll, Garoppolo, Allen, Finley, Foles, Darnold, Cousins. I got I got no feel for the back end of quarterbacks this week. I have Goff in last place. Good. <laughs> so thank you. Did you just do recently do that? No, I I, I had him there since I made the well, rankings. No, no, no. I mean, like, is he now in worst place or is that just last place? No, he's just in, he's ranked last of all quarterbacks. Oh, I thought you put him in worst place. I should I put him in worst place. Did you know on the Sunday show, uh, Cust was taking a lot of credit because he said, stream Kyle Rudolph, which is a great call by Cust. But he also said that he played Jared Goff over Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Are you serious? He did. Holy crap. <laughs> in the moment it was we tried to make we tried to get bets with him on it and he refused to make them oh that's hilarious you know what the funny thing is is i actually had kyle rudolph as a sleeper last week but i played lamar jackson i didn't play kyle rudolph because i played Rhett ellison and this 2500 price tag but uh the only one i gotta say is i'm gonna go back to it i i like nick Foles. i'd like him in his first game back his defense without the seer is very vulnerable and i know it could be a slowdown game and that's the concern you have here, especially if maybe Leonard Fernandez. I mean, there's a lot of ways the game script could go wrong here. And the floor, understandably, for Nick Foles might be 230 passing yards and one touchdown. I mean, that's what you have to understand. But some of the guys you have in front of them, I would just I would go for that upside with Nick Foles. I feel better about him than a few, few of your guys. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I can see you putting him above Ryan Finley. I just... It seems like there is a floor with Finley because he's going to run a bit. Brandon Allen, I think, is an all right start. I talked about the Minnesota pass defense not being great. He's just going to force feed Cortland Sutton over and over. Yeah. I, I, hopefully, I can get on board with that. Garoppolo, you're just praying that it's going to be a passing touchdown game instead of a rushing touchdown game against Arizona. Driscoll, I actually like against Dallas. I think that he's a capable fantasy quarterback because he runs so much. So there's your dollar bet because that's who I was going to put him in front of. I was going to slide Nick Foles behind Phillip Rivers. 
No, okay. I'll, I'll bet you Driscoll versus Foles this week. Okay. Driscoll v. Foles. Yeah, you don't get all four of those guys. You just no, get I just Driscoll. I just get Driscoll. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can see moving Foles up, but I would still play like Driscoll would be my hard cutoff. I'm not going above him. Is that too low for Sam Darnold for for Tim? <laughs> I mean, he predicted the Giants would win last week, so I, I have no idea. <laughs> I can't believe it's Daniel Jones had a better game than Sam Darnold in that one. I just that's not surprising. I listen, Daniel Jones. He's the only reason I like turned a mini profit on DraftKings this week. Yeah, when you oh, have nice. when you have the stack, I decided to avoid Rhett Ellison. Just went Tate, Slayton, Jones. That was good for a lot of points. That was good. I actually had a lot of Tate and Kirk, which hey, I actually doubled up in your your tournament. Oh, there you go. It's a, it's a good one to go into because you can you can get your money back without having to be at the very top, and then double your money with like a good lineup, not a great lineup, we, a good we, lineup. We gave you free promotion on the Footballers DFS podcast about it. Chris and my Chris and myself did. How everyone should be playing in that contest. Once everyone finds out about the contest and then plays it, they're like, oh, this is structured the best of any DraftKings contest there is. A hundred percent. We actually call you for we I think we've called you out at like friend of the show at least once a week. Friend of the show just because I run this contest. <laughs> no, 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 no. As in like I I'm usually referencing something you and I talked about or Meanie was talking about and noticed on what you had for your rankings or so you get a once a week you should feel good. You get a once a week call out at least on the footballers or the throwback show. I like that. I very much appreciate that. More exposure <laughs> for the show, always better for yeah, so more exposure is always good? More exposure, unless it's to the sun. I heard that might <laughs> cause melanoma. Oh, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, that, so I mean, that's why I don't go to the tanning beds anymore, Jake. Can't Did you used it. to? I mean, I used to go like once every two weeks in the winter because I just felt better every time that I'd <laughs> go in. Like, listen, in Canada, it kind of gets cold and it gets dark out early. Getting some vitamin D into it, just the brightness and the warmness <laughs> was just so nice. Like, I, I know some people used to go like once a day and they would just look like, you know, like who was Leather. the guy? No, who was the guy that used to host uh, Lifestyles, the Rich and Famous? Oh, that yeah, Richard, Richard Leach, something Robin Leach, Robin Leach. Yeah, you end up looking like Robin Leach. That's not good. I wasn't really going to get like a real <laughs> crispy tan. I was just going to make myself feel better. crispy. So now, hey, now, that- now I go once a month during the winter, which for like eight minutes. And I, I highly recommend it. You absorb some vitamin D. You get really if you live in a cold temperature, obviously. But when it's like minus 25 outside, eight minutes in the sun feels great. Hey, I, I haven't done it. When I last time I did it was in before I graduated high school because we were going to Orlando for a trip and I just didn't want to burn while we were out there, even with suntan lotion. And I got to tell you, there's nothing like if you've ever experienced it, that smell of this tanning bed, especially on yourself, there's that's an indistinguishable smell. This is true. Tight ends for the week. I have George Kittle tentatively as in for the week and Ricky Seals Jones. But what if he doesn't play? Then you got to check the rankings, Jake. You know this. <laughs> uh David Njoku could be back next week, by the way. Did that do anything? It could. For you? It does because I would because week 12 and on, very nice. I think he's only got like one the entire team only has like one concerning matchup the rest of the way. Okay, so I have Kittle and Ricky Seals Jones for the Browns currently as in one of the props that i hit this week uh, me and gary and were sweating it for like half a quarter against the bills was demetrius harris over 11 and a half yards <laughs> i like it 
I'm glad you hit that. Well, his first one was 11 yards. We were like, oh, God, what if he doesn't get targeted again? What's going to happen? <laughs> but then he had like a 25-yard catch. It was all good. I uh, actually had somebody that uh, asked me for advice on a bet on over-under, and it was Devontae Freeman. And whatever Devontae Freeman left the game, I think it was receptions, whatever he left the game with when he got hurt, was the, it was one more, and he, he would have hit. Yeah, uh, so I actually bet Devontae Freeman over receiving yards for that game, and he was on pace to hit it, and then he left. Fun. <laughs> and never returned. So I have Hooper, Burton, Herndon, Delaney. Uh, Delaney Walker's on bye. I should probably take him off, but he probably wouldn't play this week anyway if he was playing. <laughs> uh, Vernon Davis, Jeff Heerman, Matt Lacoste, all as likely out, which leads to Travis Kelsey being number one in the rankings. Kittle, if he plays, I have him at number two. If Kittle doesn't play, how high up would you put Dwelly? Smelly Dwelly. I wouldn't put him that high. I'd put him around. Not against even against Arizona? No, but this is a Tyler Eifert trap. Stop, people. I would put him around the probably like you you have Goddard mm, somewhere right around there. Okay. So Kelsey Kittle, Henri, Mark Andrews, Fantasy Pros has ranked that awful Jared Cook, number five <laughs> against Tampa Bay. Waller, Fells, Doyle, Ertz, Gerald Everett. I mean, the first four guys are really good. You can't even trust Waller anymore. No. You know who's got more than Waller in the past couple games? It's not Tyrell Williams because he's got more than Tyrell Williams too. Hunter Renfro is their leading option over the last two or three games. I thought you were going to say the island of Foster Moreau. No, not the island of Foster Moreau. That's a good one. He steals touchdowns though. Dude, the island of Dr. Moreau. I remember putting that on the shelves when I was working at Hollywood Video. Hollywood Video. There's, I mean, they they came, to, they came, Jake. They came and took your jerb, the automation. <laughs> they took jerb. Digital streaming took your jerb. <laughs> Uh, they took They also <laughs> took my blockbuster card, which frankly I could use to carry around fewer cards in my wallet. Not that I have Is a there, wallet. I just have. A I thought there was still card. one one final remaining blockbuster. I believe it's in Alaska. I thought it was in Washington. Why would you go to the video store? It's like by, and maybe so, maybe there will be a thing in the future where. VHS and DVDs end up having this like mini retro hipster renaissance like vinyl records do, but that's about it. No, so it's the whole, it's why some people still don't buy certain things online. There was, there was always the certain tangibility of actually having it in your hands and being able to like look at, I know it doesn't make sense for a lot of people, especially anybody watching this show that never experienced the blockbuster video, but that was the whole appeal to it. I mean, it, people constantly talk about it. I fall into the trap, too. Like, if I'm on Netflix, I'm just like, hey, what should I watch? Or even if I'm just on my TV or if I'm on Hulu or where, whatever service that I'm <laughs> using, it'll take me now like an hour to actually pick something to watch. And they're like, yeah. oh, before it wasn't that big. I just go to the video store and I'd get my movie and I'd go home. It's like, that's not true at all. You'd spend no. like 45 minutes walking around Blockbuster, reading the back of the stupid movies, and then you know they wouldn't have it. And you'd be like, ah, shit, this sucks. Oh, the worst thing ever working at Hollywood videos. Did you guys check the box? Did you check the box outside? When was the last time you checked the box? Screw you people. Just always be kind and rewind. That's all you had to know. Oh, yeah. We burned through plenty of those rewinders with people never listening to that. Good old Hollywood video. You wonder why they went out of business with like, they don't care about the kind of rewind. And they also, you never really had to pay your late fees. It was just, you had to ask. And then people were like, no, why would I pay late fees? It was the stupidest business plan ever. Yeah, it's not great. Collect collecting money is a huge part of business. At least that's <laughs> yes. what I've heard. I'm no businessman, <laughs> but I've heard that. <laughs> Go ahead and keep your movie for three weeks. We don't care when you bring it back. We'll just ask you if you want to pay us $30. <laughs> it's like a charitable donation at that point. Yeah. Hey, keep this store going, please. 
Uh, 11 to 20 in the tight end rankings. I got Greg Olson, Eric Ebron, OJ Howard, Noah Fant, Ryan Griffin. That's without Ryan Herndon. He catches touchdowns when Herndon's not there. Good matchup, mm-hmm. too, against Washington. Witten Gasicki, Big Irv Smith, Dallas Goddard, and Dawson Knox. That's Dawson. Dawson Creek Knox? Yeah, just uh, I would say Dawson. He is the one who knocks. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, you, you can't. You, yours can't be too on the nose. Obviously, I like the Noah Fant being up that high. That's good. Yeah, it, it's more so like if Hewerman sits, like he's going to be the second option in that offense, like in the passing game. Yeah, I got. And then you do have Doyle over Ebron, as you should. I like your rankings here. These are solid. Yeah, I actually, if you go back and look at my, because I always look at my rankings from last week and come through, good tight end week for me, and a lot of it was based on you talking me into Doyle. I eventually, I had him up around like seven by the end of the week. Yeah, I think I had him like six or seven. And it's just that the usage has been there. Chase the usage, especially if you can find it at tight end, which is very hard to do. Let's talk defenses. defenses. We talked, actually, I talked about it on the waiver wire show last week that you really want to go pick up either the Rams or the Steelers who have been dropped on their bye week in some leagues because the next two weeks would be fantastic. So I have the Rams at number one. I got the Steelers at number two in the defense rankings. And then I go New England, the Saints, Niners, Vikings, Jags, Raiders, Chiefs, and Bills. Don't sleep on the Raiders. Or sleep on, I mean, the Raiders for one thing against Cincinnati. He's playing against Cincinnati. <laughs> but don't sleep on the Chiefs Monday night against the Chargers. I don't know if Okung's going to be back. And without him there, they were awful again on the offensive line. Uh, they were awful. Philip Rivers is going to just continue to get mad and pissed off and throw the ball. And he's going to throw the ball, but he's going to try to when he's got a guy in his face one second into the snap. So I, I like that call. I think the Chiefs are a very sneaky one. Even if Ro- Russell Okung is out there, you can still get enough pressure on Philip Rivers to hopefully get at least one turnover, if not a, a couple of, you know, mixing a fumble there. Yeah, so the other ones, Buffalo, Carolina, Washington, Dallas, Chicago, the Jets. Atlanta actually has more sacks in the last two games they had all season, which is nuts. Which is especially nuts when you consider the fact that the Saints were coming out of the bye at home, have a good offensive line. That game... Made no sense. I, I have, There's no way to explain. That's just football. That's hashtag sports. Yeah. Can't predict sports. Although I still think that the Saints are the best team in the NFC. I would still, as of today, take them. But I think now you can put where a week ago I would have said it's definitive. Now I think you can put Seattle and San Francisco in a conversation. Uh, I still would take the Saints at home over both of them, though. You wouldn't put Green Bay into that mix? Mm, I, I can't. It's Devontae Adams, and I just don't trust those wide receivers. I don't, just, I know, don't need wide wh- receivers. <laughs> well, so say, look, if you're facing the Saints, who know how to stop the run, and now you're going to take away Aaron Jones and leave it to Devontae Adams and essentially nothing else. I know Aaron Rodgers can do his magic, but there's enough talent on that team where I'd still take the Saints. All right, Jake, anything to plug coming up or any final thoughts on the week? No, we plug everything. Ah, only kid. Just I'll tweet everything out there. D'Angelo Williams show. He asked me a question this week and we spent a good time on it. It's like, why do we judge players so harshly? That is a very interesting one because I got to talk a lot for once. So there you go. You check that out. The throwback all in sports, all the podcasts, all the good stuff. Just again, all in kid. I'll tweet and, it out for you. And what is the athletic link to get yourself a discount? Oh yes. The athletic.com slash all in sports, not front slash. As you said, just slash slash works. And Disney Plus. And Disney Plus. We're going to get played by them. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're going to start giving you some money. Maybe you can get Disney Plus slash All In Kid and you'll get some sort of like promo code or something like that. Yeah. Disney is really looking away to give them away money. Yeah, sure. Hey, mm-hmm. listen, cheap advertising is the wave of the future, Jake. 
word of mouth is the best way to advertise in word of mouth. For example, like uh, Drewby, once again, on Daily Roto, won the showdown contest. He won like 120 grand. So if you want to use the same tools that Drewby uses, go to dailyroto.com, use the promo code THEPME, and get yourself a discount off said tools, plus his strategy article on what he actually does on showdown is from a guy who's won 13 GPPs in the last two years. So promo code THEPME at dailyroto.com. See, you just start doing stuff like that. (laughs) <laughs> pimping the other pimping the stuff out for other people that aren't even on the show well now i just need to get them to pay me for it and i'll be good yeah so how's that, how's that working out for you on that part well i'm establishing a base once they see how many people sign up through this promo code they'll start <laughs> cutting me back some kish the best one i saw <laughs> was the ryan george guy i told you about that i have he's on youtube channel he does all the pitch meetings for screen ran and i had him on my podcast and i, I follow him on twitter because of that obviously and he put one out today where it was just you know, the bloggers nowadays or videos or something like that at the end of it he was like thanks to doritos for giving me ten thousand dollars for this bye <laughs> just that's what you need to do yeah listen if anyone out there wants to advertise on the pat mayo experience you just get you email the pat mayo experience at gmail.com and give me money and i'll say nice things or you can pay me to have tim say negative things about your product oh then your your product would go through the roof i was gonna say you could do mine i could be like i could do uh those x games and after the x like every time i make a comment and drink out of my amino energy just be like I think that works. That work? You got to be on doesn't video, work. though. It doesn't work with your audio podcast. No, it doesn't. All right. Jake People Seeley. don't listen to that anyway. Yeah. Follow him on Twitter at Kid. Same as Instagram. You can follow me at the PME. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Play in the Pat Mayo Experience. DraftKings contest. $15 to play. Three max entry. No rake. No fucking rake. No fucking way. There's no fucking rake. All right? So you got to play in that. $45,000 of guaranteed money. As Jake has mentioned, and as I have mentioned, it is the best tournament on DraftKings. You can get the link in the description of this video or podcast. Two ways to get into the draw for $20 DK this week. Number one, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me where you would rank Brian Hill at running back for PPR scoring in week 11. The other way to do so, subscribe, download, rate, and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Five stars, something nice about the show. DraftKings handle, and you'll be in a draw for 20 DK bucks. Jake and I will be back live 2.15 p.m. Eastern time next Tuesday. Trade deadline special. So if you got trade deadline questions, hit up the live chat, and hey, we'll answer them for you. We're probably going to be wrong about them, but hey, we'll give it our best go, all right? I'm Pat Mayo. Check out the updated rankings on DKPlaybook.com or in the description of this video or podcast. And obviously, the shows are coming out the rest of the week. Good luck in week 11. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.